Hello, you're watching the Le Novel Spreet video series on the theology of the body. This video is dedicated to audience 61. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Hossotter. And I'm Guillermo Moreno. So this audience is part of a small um, set on the question of aesthetics and the theology of the body. What role does the body have in art? And we began with the previous audience talking about this, and we made a distinction between film, photography versus painting and sculpture. And the distinction was between the process of transfiguration and reproduction. So with um, painting and sculpture, there's a transfiguration of the model through the artistic process because the artist is manipulating the matter that becomes the sculpture or the paint that becomes the painting. There's an interpretation, and through the interpretation, you get this transfiguration of the model. Whereas with the film and photography, instead, the model is reproduced through technology. And then that technology, that product of technology is transmitted it is sent off into well today it would be sent off across the world it's transmitted it is reproduced it's an object for reproduction and this leads to what jb2 called an anonymity anonymity of the body really struggled with that and so this concept of the anonymity of the body and the reproduction versus the transfiguration found in the artistic process of painting and sculpture leads to a essential distinction between these two. And so we have to make a, we have to keep this distinction in mind as we work through these audiences. So turning to audience 61 now. So the problem, our question is, what is, is how to relate the body and works of art in regard to the ethos of the body? So we have to keep in mind the fact that the body has its meaning within, the, within this fundamental character of gift that the body is meant to be part of the gift of person to another person that the dignity of the, uh, the the dignity of the person means that the body in its nakedness has reference precisely to this dignity of the person to the spousal meaning of the body to the community of persons to the freedom of gift and so when we talk about art there is a artistic objectification of the naked body as the a model and that's taking the body outside of this interpersonal domain and so through this objectification the body becomes the object of possession outside of this personal meaning and so by possession we are referring to 
a possession by the artist who makes the body the subject for the artistic transfiguration in painting or sculpture, or through this process of reproduction through photography or film. And we could talk about possession in another meaning as any onlooker who has the aesthetic experience by looking at the art piece, by reading the literature, if it's, if it's a book or something, watching a film. So you have the possession in regards to the artist and in regards to the, the aesthetic onlooker. And so the, the moral question concerns this artistic objectification of the body because we had just spent about 40 audiences talking about how the objectification of the body is a bad thing because it, you're separating the sexual value from the value of the person. So it seems here that some people will, well, some people would naturally want to object like, hey, the body appears to have an objective role that has, appears to have a true role in art. And now it seems this objectification that you've been talking about leads to us saying, well, you can't have a naked body in art. Well, it would seem then you have a inconsistency between the ethical practices and say aesthetics. And what JP2 wants to say is that the fact of this objectification and this possession does not mean that the body cannot become the subject of a work of art. And it does not mean that art is indifferent to the moral sphere. So you cannot separate aesthetics from ethics. You cannot say that because of this objectification of the body that you, the body has no role in art. He's not saying these things. The body has a role in art. And because the body has a role in art, there is an ethical element to art. And that itself is an interesting claim because normally we do not think about ethics or morality in terms of art. And now you have JP2 saying, yes, in fact, you do have ethical duties with art. So what we want to do is kind of go back to the beginning. The fact that man experiences shame in the state of original sin means that there is a specific need for intimacy and privacy with regard to the body. And this need ensures that the body is treated as a gift and as the possible source for self-giving. And from this, shame and this need informs man's action concerning how to treat the body as an object of culture. And so when we talk about culture and the cultural products of works of art, there is this tendency to cover nakedness. And this tendency is not something merely environmental. It's not, we're not talking about, oh, it's cold, so we got to wear a parka or whatever. It's not 
something due to climate. It's not something due to environment, due to the needs of living, due to the environmental demands. No, this cultural tendency is due to a process, a growing consciousness of what JP2 calls personal sensibility. And this is another key concept and the aesthetics that JP2 is developing in these four audiences from audience 60 through 63. So this personal sensibility is motivated by shame and it is a right way of acting towards the body in light of the body's meaning and value. And so the pro this process of sharpening our personal sensibility is a factor and fruit of culture. A culture is a good culture if it helps us form our personal sensibility with regards to the body. And so shame and this privacy of the body becomes a norm of the gift that is ordered to the depth of the human subject and this dynamism of reciprocal self-giving. And so the fact of this norm then speaks about a continuity between the spousal meaning of the body as described in the beginning, that is Genesis chapters one through three, emphasis on chapter two and three, to the processes of culture within the context of man in the state of original sin, which we've been calling to calling historical man. So there's a continuity here between historical man and the truths found in the beginning. And this norm also speaks about um, that personal sensibility is the right way it is the correct way it is the moral way of living out this norm of the gift so shame and privacy of the body shows us that there is a norm of the gift and personal sensibility is how we live out this norm of the gift correctly and with all this in mind we now want to make a distinction between anonymous nakedness of man versus this culture of purity and morality. And when we hear this phrase, anonymous nakedness, you want to think back to the distinction between film and photography versus painting and sculpture, because this anonymous nakedness well, has primarily a, it primarily is going to be in reference to these technological processes of um, photography and film because precisely the problem of taking the naked body and reproducing it for transmission. And when you're transmitting this thing, this image or this video, you have the body treated as a anonymous object. I will say though, that this concept of anonymous nakedness need not be restricted 
two, simply just film and photography because there will be a way of describing, say, a work of art that has naked body as its theme versus another kind, another piece, another painting or something where you have a naked body, but perhaps it too has this problem of anonymous nakedness. And we'll have to see how JP2 develops his analysis to address that question. Um, Guillermo, do you have anything you'd like to add to this discussion? I do not. Okay. We'll continue on then. So I want to focus now on personal sensibility. So personal sensibility means that the self does not want to become an object for others in this capacity of anonymous nakedness. This concept of personal sensibility means that we do not want others also to become an object for oneself and that we want to be desired in accordance to the dignity of the human person and not in terms of concupiscent desire. And so the various impulses of concupiscence leads man to act contrary to personal sensibility in a variety of ways. And this includes, of course, culture, art, mass media, and so on and so forth. And so the question is, when does a work of culture become pornovision or pornography? Now, just a note here about the language. I think JP2 created the term pornovision. And interestingly, he talks a little bit about the history of the term pornography. Pornography historically is in reference to literature that has this problem of concupiscent desire. So these are works of literature that fail to um, promote the culture of chastity, but instead promote a culture of concupiscence. Now, porno vision is similar, but instead of being in reference to literature, it's in reference to film and photography. So that's something to keep in mind with these two terms that JV2 is using them. I want to mention that because normally with pornography today, it's usually a catch-all term, whether it's a Playboy magazine, a random sex video online, or just some dirty book, right? We've kind of lumped that all together, and JP2 is actually using two different terms here. Now, this question of when does a work of culture become one of these things, pornography or porno vision, we can note that a work becomes such when it oversteps the limits of shame and personal sensibility with respect to the human body and its nakedness. And when this occurs, when we have this overstepping, then we have this natural right to intimacy being violated. And this violation is a violation in the order of gift and this reciprocal giving of self. 
And so this problem of the violation of the gift of self, of this natural right to intimacy, this creates a problem for that the culture of chastity and purity has to address. Um, Guillermo, do you have anything you'd like to add before we conclude our video? I do not. Okay, then. Thank you for watching our video. If you have been enjoying our content, please be sure to like, subscribe, share, and comment on our social media, such as Facebook and YouTube. Also, please consider submitting or um, please consider um, providing a financial donation through PayPal or Patreon, or simply by sending us a tip through the Brave web browser on our website or YouTube page. Your financial donation goes towards the maintenance of our website and the purchasing of resources so that we can pro continue providing you with great materials such as this video series and our many articles on our website. You can find those articles at laynovellespreet.com and on our website, we also have our podcast. Guillermo, can you give us some more information about the podcast, please? Yes, in our other podcast series, we talk about a variety of topics, such as trends in culture and politics, and we do so from a Catholic personalist perspective. You can listen to our podcast episodes on the Lenovel Esprit website in the podcast page under media, or you can locate us using that same page on buzzsprout.com where you can listen to us there. That's where we upload our episodes directly. Or you could use buzzsprout.com to locate us in other popular podcasting platforms, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. All right. In case you're wondering or got lost about all of our social media, you could just simply go to lenovellespreet.com slash subscribe. There's our Facebook, YouTube, our PayPal, Patreon, our all the various places we distribute our podcasts. It is all there and some more things. Again, that is at lenovellespreet.com slash subscribe. You can also subscribe to our mailing list there. Um, is there anything else, Guillermo? I would just like to ask our audience to keep us and our mission in your prayers. Yes, please. Keep us in your press. We are grateful for them. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. God bless.